That was a preacher request song right there, and y'all did me, did me proud. Of course, we're talking about prayer tonight, but that brings back memories. I remember when that was, song was new, and that was a long, long time ago. It's a good old song. I remember before my voice changed trying to sing bass line on that song. It was a lot of fun. It is a good old song, but it's a, also a good old truth as well. And you might be new to the church. That might be a new song, but it's a, it's a great old message having a talk with Jesus. You know, love isn't, is an action. It's something that we do. You don't just sit back and just relax and say, I, and just love. It, it is more than that. It is just more than just a feeling on the inside. It, it's something that we do. And we've been looking at those different actions. And tonight we want to look about the action of prayer. What does love do? Love prays. In fact, I'd suggest that one of the greatest ways that you could show your love for another person would be to pray for them. Who do you love? Do you pray for them? Who's on your heart? Do you pray for them? Do you pray about their needs and their concerns? Our hearts should be reflected in our prayers. And if you don't pray for, for those, I would say there's something missing in your love. I think too many times our prayers reflect our own needs and our own desires. But as love matures, and as we mature, it needs to be more of a reflection of just what I want or what I need. It's like the little boy whose Bible class teacher asked him, do you, do you pray every night? And he says, no, no, I don't pray every night. Some nights I don't need anything. I hope we're not immature with our prayers. That the only time that we are serious, fully engaged in prayer is when we need something, when something bad's happening in our lives, or we have a strong desire for something. That's not what it's all about. It needs to be a reflection of our love and concern for others. Paul expressed this in a very powerful way in Romans chapter 15, verses 33-33. And we're going to be thinking about this text tonight as we also have our share in prayer groups. Paul would say in verse 30, I urge you, brothers and sisters, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to join me in my struggle by praying to God for me. I mean, Paul is saying, I'm, I'm in a struggle here. And I'm asking you in front of God to pray for me, to pray to God for me. The concept of a prayer partners or prayer partners is very biblical. I mean, Paul is promoting that concept right here. It's a legitimate term. He's saying you can participate in my ministry. You can participate in my life, in my struggles by praying for me. And he's asking that they do, do that. Pray to God for me, please. Join with me. He's talking to some people he really cares about. He's wanting to go see. He's wanting to be in their presence and just relax and enjoy the fellowship of their presence. That's what he wants, but that's not where he is. And I can't be there with you. But in a very real sense, you can be here with me. So pray to, pray to God for me. You see, praying for someone allows us to join with them in what they're going through. It allows us to join with them in their life. 
And if they're going through a struggle, it, praying allows it, it makes me a partner in that struggle. Isn't that a beautiful, beautiful concept? To think that I can be a partner in somebody else's struggle? And that's what Paul is saying. Join me in my struggle. Now, I know we all struggle with prayer, and that could definitely be something he's saying. Join me in the struggle of praying. But because he's fixing to tell them a couple of things he wants them to pray about, I think what he's saying is join me in this struggle that I'm going through in my ministry by praying for me. And that Greek term there, you know, join me in my struggle, means to strive together with him. And oftentimes that Greek word or Greek phrase was used at that time to talk about an athletic event where many people had to come together in a concerted effort to make something happen. And so he's saying, there is something great God is doing here, and you need to come with me. So together, in a concerted effort, we can make this happen. I can't do it on my own. This is not a, this is a me facing more than just me. It's not a one-on-one competition. And so I need a team with me. I need others to come alongside me. We need to do this together. And though the Romans couldn't physically be there with Paul, they could have an impact. So Paul is in a very subtle way saying, I am not in this all by myself. I'm not the only person working here. I'm a part of a body. (laughs) I'm a part of the church. And we're in this together. And he's saying, I need the help of the body of Christ. I need you to join with me and to pray for me. I imagine most of us have been there at some point where we knew we, we weren't in this all alone. We couldn't do it by ourselves anyway. And we had a body, a, a group, a, a, a fellowship of believers that, that are aware and they're joining with us in that struggle by praying for us. I hope you've experienced that. And then Paul tells them what to pray for, verses 31 and through 33. Pray that I may be kept safe from the unbelievers in Judea and that the contribution I take to Jerusalem may be favorably received by the Lord's people there so that I may come to you with joy by God's will and in your company be refreshed. The God of peace be with you all. Amen. So we ask for a couple of things at least. That he be able to safely share the gospel. That the unbelievers wouldn't stop him, be able to harm him and stop him. And that these efforts he was going about, this contribution that he was collecting to help the body of Christ be better united, will be received in the spirit that it is being given when he makes his way to Jerusalem. And in this journey, this missionary effort he's on, he is struggling to make this happen. And so he's asking, you come with me. Sometimes we think of prayer as something that's very relaxed, very calm, very peaceful. And it it is all those things. Coming into the presence of God brings peace and ease and calm. But he's saying, I want you to pray not just for the peace and ease and calm that you'll feel in the presence of God, but so that you will join in the struggle. I mean, this fight will be your fight as well. This effort is your effort. He's not asking them to just be lazy or laid back. He's saying, be intense with me. I am working hard for this. And I want you to work hard with me for this. Struggle with me. Join with me. Prayer is available to all believers. It is a chance that we have to intercede on others' behalf. And as we think of our missionaries 
today. We can join with them in their mission efforts. I mean, with the many different struggles that they might have. With each one, it's got to be unique and different. And it's not just, okay, I'm going to take a few moments and peace and ease to calm and pray. To, but to be very sincere and intentional and work at it just like they are. Some of us become a little cynical and when we get requests for missions help from a missionary or people going on mission trips, oftentimes what we think is, I have yet to get a letter that didn't say, please pray for me and give me money. And we say, just the cynical part of it says, yeah, they're just putting the prayer part in and all they want is the money. Well, I've been on the other side and have written the letters. And I'll take the prayer over the money. And I think if you were to talk to any of our missionaries, in fact, you, you could try this out. Pick a missionary, send them 100 bucks, and then send them uh, two weeks later, or before that, send them an email saying that you're praying for them, that you have intensely prayed for him, that you spent 30 minutes in prayer praying for him that day that he'd overcome his struggles, and then I'll call him up and ask him which one he appreciated the most, the money or the prayer. And I bet you everyone I talk to, it's the prayer. Tonight, we're going to pray for our missionaries. The missions committee, Audrey Mock and the missions committee, makes it very easy for us to know the email addresses and our, our, uh, of our missionaries. So you don't speak Spanish. They have Google Translate just like you do. Write an email. Spend a few moments in prayer. Spend five minutes in prayer for one of our missionaries tonight. And then email them. I just spent the last five minutes praying for you. And when they get the email, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if their hearts are so touched that they shed a few tears knowing that that congregation back home, they're with me. I'm not in this alone. And that's what Paul says. Please, pray for me. Join in this struggle. So pray for them, but also let them know that you pray. Just before Jesus was to die on the cross, his disciples were with him, and he's trying so hard to get them ready for what was to come and, and the challenges and the, and the way Satan was going to tempt them. And, and he's trying to let them know, and they're just not getting it. And Peter, you know, makes one of his statements, and, and Jesus knows that Peter's about to deny him. But he looks at Peter before all that happens, and in Luke 22, verse 32, he says, But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen the brothers. Jesus had spent specific time in prayer for Simon Peter. How powerful. But he didn't stop there. He let Peter know. And when Peter had stumbled and fallen flat on his face, and he is shedding tears, and he's got the choice, do I go hang myself like Judas, or do I stay in this thing? Maybe the very words of Jesus is what kept him going. When you have turned back. Jesus prayed for me, and he believed in me. So pray for our missionaries. Pray for your brothers and sisters. There's a lot of things happening in our family tonight. And then share the prayer. Let them know that you're praying for them. Don't just keep it to yourselves. Pray for me. Pray for the Edmund Church of Christ. Pray for our, our ministry efforts that are, we're undergoing. Pray for the missions. And then let people know that you're praying for them. Pray for each other in their struggle. Pray for our ministry. And be diligent about it. Our ministry needs it, needs the prayers, and you need the practice. So, hey, we're all winners in this thing. 
What does love do? If love cares for somebody, I can think of very few greater acts than praying for them. So pray for your spouse. Pray for your mom and dad. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Pray for your children. Pray for those that you love, the lost. And pray that God's works work spread throughout this world. Well, we're fixing to go to sharing prayer groups. I hope each and every one of you will stay. If you didn't bring food, don't worry about it. Go to one of our groups. I'll be out in the foyer. Find me. You can go to the group I'm in. We'd love to have you. In fact, we're actually going to be back in the chapel. But find one of our groups. They're easy. The Fellowship Hall, the Quad. Just go and be a part of our group. We're going to start with prayer, have some meals, share a meal together, and just enjoy some fellowship. But I ended my sermon early. And if there's something we can pray for you about tonight, we've got the time. We've got plenty of time. And if you'd like to put on Christ in baptism, to have your sins washed away, to confess him as Lord of your life and start that new life, we've got the time. We're in no hurry. If we can help you in any way, won't you respond right now as we stand together and sing?